Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where 21st century educators come to share, learn, and be inspired. We believe in the growth mindset, creativity, communication, critical thinking, collaboration, and strategic uses of education technology. Our mission is to share news and views from teachers who are crushing it in the classroom and making a difference for learners everywhere. I'm your host, Tim Cavey. Let's jump into today's episode. Today, I'm speaking with Kimberly Snodgrass. Kimberly advocates for creative thinking. She's a technology-loving ELA educator, and she's a fan of book snaps, sketch notes, and much more. Kimberly, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Are you ready to talk education? Absolutely. All right. Well, I like the sound of that. Let's jump in by talking about your current context in education. All right. Currently, I am a seventh grade language arts teacher um, at a mid-sized school in Nebraska. Um, I have taught seventh grade now for, this is the fifth year. Prior to that, I taught high school for about four years. And I guess, I'm trying to think, I kind of got into education in a interesting way. So this is kind of my third degree, really. So wow, I'm not as young as it sounds when I've been teaching for nine years, but um, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fair enough. Now, Kim, we like to start, or I guess I like to start by taking you back to a low moment. We don't always like to do that, but I think there's so much to be learned from hearing about other people's difficulties and challenges. So tell us about some adversity that you've faced along your education journey and then how you worked through it. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I just said I got into education in kind of an odd way. So my first degree was in advertising and then, um, I worked for the paper in Lincoln, Nebraska and took my first job with them. And it was at a really small office and I was just, I'm a people person and I was just craving people. So ended up getting in with this kind of like human resources staffing company, really big company and um, worked for them. And just one of the things I had like a goal for myself, I'm like, okay, I need a master's you know, shortly after graduating college. So I waited maybe two years, started a business master's um, degree, finished that, and then worked for ConAgra, another big company in their human resources department. And still just kind of like the the cubicle thing, yeah. you know, I'm just, this is not my thing. <laughs> and random conversation with um, a friend and ended up he was a principal and said, you know, we have this language arts opening and I'm, you know, I'm not a language arts teacher. And he's like, well, there's this cool program that the University of Nebraska Kearney has. It's transition to teaching and with your um, journalism and mass communications degree, I have a feeling you'd, you know, be okay. And so I called and kind of just the stars aligned, which sounds pretty magical until your first day you show up in the classroom, um, never having taught before and never having taken an education class. Before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, Hey guys, <laughs> here I am. Um, so that, I mean, it was both a low point and a high point and just the best of everything all at once, but it was definitely a sink or swim moment in my teaching career. And I think a lot of good came about having, you know, no preconceived ideas or 
um, information on how things should be run in a classroom, but it was definitely a, a learning curve too. So yeah, I bet it was. Wow, that sounds like baptism by fire to jump into. I think you said you started at the high school level. Is that right? Yeah, it was a small school too. So you like taught everything, you know, freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, and every period was a different, you know, class. So lots of preps and it was a stressful start, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it because I really love how kind of I, I thought about things differently, maybe more creatively because I didn't have kind of the textbook mentality. So So Kim, what is it that excites you about education today? This could be a big picture thing that you're looking at in education or maybe a micro level answer, something you're doing right there in your classroom. Okay, this is um, something I think is so exciting is people are starting to accept that um, students need more than reading, writing and arithmetic. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And it sounds kind of funny coming from a language arts teacher, but having had those other career experiences and being in human resources and just, you know, being up to date on the world we live in, you know, they need a lot more than regurgitating their textbook kind of information. Oh, yeah. So um, Mm -hmm. I love the trend for cultivating creativity in the classroom and Mm -hmm. encouraging collaboration and, you know, just the whole critical thinking and problem solving and There's just so many soft skills that kids are going to need more than they need to know, you know, some of the content even. So not to say it's not important, but I think even looking back at myself and kind of the skills I think or the characteristics, traits, whatever of myself that I think help me the most are the ones I kind of learn from those group or team activities, sports, you know, extracurricular clubs and things like that. And so when we can even foster those things in the classroom for kids that maybe aren't part of all those organizations, I just think that's exciting that people are starting to open up to that and teach differently. Yeah. Yeah, that is music to my ears. Well put, Kim. And I think you're absolutely right. I I just wrote something today, actually, about the four C's. And and when we go back to, you know, the the creative or sorry, the creativity, the critical thinking, communication, collaboration, if we can just think of that formula, that will take us so far. And I think today it really is in the 21st century. It really is more about skills than content, right? Our students live in the in the Google age and content just isn't as important in terms of memorization as, as maybe it once was. Oh my gosh, exactly. And you know, you realize I'm in another master's program now and it's a curriculum and instruction and kind of some of the back work we did was just realizing that education has changed very little um, since the industrial mm-hmm. revolution in which it was developed yeah. for, you know, to mass produce those kind of um, workers. And So I think that it's definitely time that people are taking those baby steps or hopefully giant leaps towards um, developing those other skills, the four C's and beyond. Yeah, I know if if Sir Ken Robinson is listening somewhere, he's applauding right now. So (laughs) So Kim, we're lifelong learners. We're educators, which means we never stop learning. So what is another area of personal passion and learning for you? Oh my goodness. That's learning is my passion. Um, Like I just kind of mentioned, I'm in another master's program. So this is my 
well, second and a half, I guess, um, master's degree. And the program I'm in is a constructivist format. So I've learned a lot from there that I've taken into my classroom just in letting students um, personalize their learning and construct their own meaning from the content you present to them and, you know, a lot of choice and demonstration because that's what I'm getting to experience and I can see how you know, beneficial that is for me as a learner. So I constantly am reflecting, you know, how would I feel if I was a kid in my class? And I think just even that one simple question and not just in general, but on a day-to-day basis, like looking at my lesson plan for today or what I'm hoping it's going to look like, would I want to be in my classroom? And just that reflection has been huge, but also Hopping into the social media circuit is game changing. And I would say a huge um, portion of educators don't realize that. Um, They might be on there, but you get out of it what you put into it. Mm -hmm. And if you're just lurking, you're not getting much. (laughs) And and then just, you know, I've kind of really immersed myself with the DBC uh, books that have been coming out. They come out like crazy. So I've, you know, swimming, trying to keep up with them. But I love that it's not um, philosophy or theory-based kind of education. Right. Um, it's practical and kind of like lights your fire and gets you pumped up. And I think as educators, we always need that to feel that energy. Wow. You touched on some more really amazing points there. It, it sounded like you, now you didn't use the term, but it sounded like you were describing inquiry mindset at, at yes. the outset there in terms of just giving students more agency and, and control over their learning and allowing them to pursue their their passions. And and then for any listeners who don't know what what Kim's talking about with DBC, that's Dave Burgess Consulting. And his I think his firm has published over 50 books and they are amazing. And like oh, you said, yeah. they're they're not written in sort of lofty, esoteric, pedagogical language. It's very, very practical. It's popular. I was going to say popular fiction. They're not fiction, but they're 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 very easy to read. It's like you know you're talking to the teacher in, in the classroom next door, and it's awesome, awesome stuff. So, and that's another thing with Twitter too. Like all of them, almost you can connect with, and it's amazing. Um, you yeah. know, have conversations with, and it's just this strange phenomenon. Yeah, like these people you can now like have contact with and ask them questions about your classroom or get feedback for ideas and. So many of them, I left off Twitter chats, but so many of these books have their own little communities online. It's true. And not only do you get to connect with the author, but oh my goodness, all the amazing people that have that same specific interest that whatever the book was about, you know, and I've just met so many people that way too. Well, Kim, I love it. I'm, I feel like I'm a Twitter evangelist in my world and I can tell you are as well. So let's just keep preaching it and hopefully more, more teachers will jump on the Twitter bandwagon. Yes. Kim, tell us about a personal habit. Now I'm so intrigued. I mean, you are, I mean, you're the definition of lifelong learner in the sense that you are not only learning informally, but formally you're working on, it sounds like to me, at least your fourth degree if we're including bachelors and yes. So, so what, so what is it? And I'm curious, (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm actually working through a master, my first masters, very modest compared to you, but, 
what well, give me a secret here like what is your habit that contributes to your success and helps you keep all the all the plates spinning you know i just crave uh knowledge i guess like i i just am not satisfied with a specific you know set of tools i just want to find something new and keep getting better and um you know, I always say, like, I just haven't quite figured out what I want to be when I grow up, you know, and within education, that's kind of a cool thing. You know, my path to get there was I had no control over really, like it was this beyond me kind of thing, how I ended up in education. But within education, you know, there's so many different little facets of, you know, administration or reading specialist or like my curriculum instruction or technology and, you know, after this one, I'm already like, hmm, what can I do next? Oh, and my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> especially the format that this program is in. It's through Wayne State College here in Nebraska, but I had to give them a little shout out. It's it's just so, I don't know, it's awesome. I go once a month, and it's all teachers. It's like 30 of us that stick together in a cohort program um, through the whole time. And so it's just like going to a professional development session every you know, month. And I get just as much from the conversations with the people there that I do from, you know, any of the information they give us as far as handouts or anything like that. Mm, Love it. It's all about engagement, right? So much of learning happens in engagement and that's, well, we could, we could go on that one for a while, but we're going to move into the rapid fire recommendations here, Kim. So now you've got a ton of followers on Twitter. I know you're very involved. This question, this first question is going to be a tough one for you, but is there one education leader that we need to be following on Twitter? And maybe it's someone who's not on the radar. Maybe it is. It's up to you. Okay. Well, this is the easy question if I'm going someone on the radar because honestly, my entire Twitter journey um, started by following Dave Burgess. Okay. So um, from him, I swear everyone is a TLAP fan and teach like a pirate and they should be because it's amazing. And that's kind of what started my fire with, you know, learning and connecting and it's all about finding your crew. And I guess before you didn't even realize that it could be people beyond your school walls, you know, you just assumed like the people that were next to you were who you had for your professional learning. And little did I know it's massive, you know, global, but, um, so he would definitely be where I would recommend if you're going to follow one person to follow him, but someone off the radar, that's kind of fun too. Hmm. I would say Carrie Bogcom. She's at Heck Awesome. She's kind of just all over the place. She does a she's a special ed teacher, but she does a lot of cool stuff with sketch notes. And she's got a pretty sweet YouTube channel and into gamification. And I've gotten a lot of cool ideas from her. So I wouldn't say she's off the radar. Like she's definitely out there. But um, yeah, she's she's another fun one I learn a lot from. No, that's cool. I look forward to checking her out. And just going from memory, I don't think I'm following her. So that's always love hearing about other cool people. Sketchnoting is so cool. I, I mean, I haven't done sketchnoting myself. I, I've admired Sylvia Duckworth's stuff for, you know, for a long time. And, and now more and more people are jumping on that as well. So at heck awesome. Yeah, it's definitely at heck awesome. Yeah, it's pretty easy to remember. But She's, she's, um, she actually, um, did the illustrations for Tara Martin's new book that she has out be real. And that's what, when you said, you know, 
about connections. So those two, you know, met online on there we go. Probably T Laugh, I'm guessing. But so one talent, another talent, and got something incredible. So look at that. Kim, point us to an ed tech tool that you currently love using there in your seventh grade classroom. Oh my gosh. There is like picking a favorite child, but yeah. <laughs> um I'm gonna just because it's my thing, I'm gonna say edgy gifs. So just creating gifs. Um, I use Jiffy most of the time, but I've also used make a GIF for like longer video things, but we have used them in my classroom for vocabulary, for inferencing, for just for fun, um, for main ideas. We made like main idea trailers and they had to put, you know, a little meme sentence, um, summarizing the main idea of that movie clip or whatever. And we've had a lot of fun, um, last year with GIFs and I'm looking forward to introducing them this year too. We started off day one with just a Jiffy cam app just for fun and had like a prop bucket and stuff like that. But getting into the content is going to be really fun too. And so I'm always brainstorming up new things to try out. So, well, I am a big Bitmoji fan. I find my oh, yeah. my eighth graders love the Bitmojis, but I don't have a very good GIF game going on right now. So thank you for okay, that too. <laughs> well, if you go to Dave Burgess's website and you search in the search bar, get your GIF on, um, there will be some tutorials by me. I'm just uh, saying. So okay. awesome. <laughs> if you want to check it out, I made that last year, but I need to get um, some updates going there too. But my class also just put Bitmojis. That was, we're doing, building our tech toolkit the first two weeks of school just with get to know you things so that they have that ready when we dive into the content to demonstrate their learning. And we all have a Bitmoji, so we're good to go. <laughs> I Just as an aside, Kim, I would love to hear more about that tech toolkit session or sort of what you include in that. But I'll, I'll just ask, do you have something out there on the interwebs, a, a YouTube video or blog post or anything that sort of drives um, that? Yes, that would kind of like um, go in that direction um, for the grid method or mastery learning so you could find it on the grid methods website but i did a blog for them last spring on just metacognition tools um you know including book snaps and sketch notes and edu gifs and i'm trying to think here even just like flipgrid and stuff like that podcasts are a big one um anything that you know appeals to all different types of learners so your your visual your auditory your kinesthetic um, learner, if they have all of those tools already, that's 90% of the battle. Um, and I just throughout the year last year kind of realized, why am I teaching these when I'm trying to get them to demonstrate their learning? Because now I'm having to get them to demonstrate their tech skills and trying to, so right. I, I knew this year I was going to start with, we call it um, EdTech Tool boot camp, and just provide them with a couple days on each one and they master those and I get to know them because we gear all of the assignment to complete the task, you know, something about you, like all about my selfie or whatever. And mm -hmm. so we've come a long way in 10 days, but we're ready to get rolling <laughs> on Tuesday after Labor Day. Well, I, I like that idea of, of laying the EdTech tool foundation for the year, getting kids comfortable with a lot of the apps and, you know, the, the fun things, too. I mean, starting off the year with a few laughs and, and you know, bitmojis and GIFs and all of that kind of fun stuff is I think it's just a good way to build community and culture in a class, too. So 
Very cool. Yeah, you should see some of these Bitmojis. Um, you know, they look like the Hulk or <laughs> Santa Claus or whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, just so you know, you can't change it. <laughs> Kim, recommend a book that maybe you've been reading through the summer or one of your all-time faves and tell us why you recommend it. Oh, um, there are quite a few I have read recently and I have plenty more stacking up, but um, this summer I started off with um, The Pepper Effect and that was just kind of a real lighthearted, kind of whimsical read, but it just, again, another one that just kind of gets you excited and makes you want to do great things at your school um, and keep it a positive, upbeat atmosphere. Um, also I read the Ed, um, Ninja book and that was kind of just an inspiring personal goal and professional goal oriented book that, um, made you kind of feel like you could conquer anything. And I'm kind of into fitness too. So it was another refreshing read. And then right now, um, I'm just in the midst of Tara Martin's, um, be real. And that's, that is, incredible. That's, I guess I'm just going to say that. So her story is unbelievable and it's amazing that she is where she is, but she had some amazing educators along the way, which is why I'm sure she ended up being an amazing, amazing educator herself. So, so many great ones. All right. Thank you for those. Be real. That last one was be real by Tara Martin and everything I see, I see a lot of raves on Twitter. So Tara Martin, good stuff. We want to want to see more and next now obviously i'm into podcasting have been for a few months still new to this game but is there one that you're really enjoying on your daily commute that we need to add to our deck yes um well played okay um that is michael matera's youtube podcast i guess he does both it's um, an audio and video but his youtube channel is also amazing um and I'm just diving into on Tuesday. So um, my first year long gamified class, and it's part of my master's thesis for this program that I'm in right now as well. But I dabbled with it last year a little bit with about a quarter long unit. And just the what I experienced in my classroom was amazing as far as um, behavior changes and um, engagement and motivation to go beyond um, required uh, assignments. And so I'm, I'm excited to dive in, but there's so many good ideas. And he doesn't just post um, game podcasts. He does a lot with just joyful learning and different personal challenges. They have like this five for five thing. You try five new things um, every day for five days or one new thing every day for five days and see if you can make it and then move on to the next thing. And I don't know, I've just taken a lot away from that specific podcast. So cool. Well, I don't have that one in my phone right now. So I look forward to adding it. And I was just introduced to Michael Matera a couple of weeks ago. And I have a feeling you probably watched some of his daily or no, not the daily, the Hive Summit. Oh, you see any <laughs> I of that? <laughs> or were you were you one of his guests i um i helped run the twitter page so i was okay i was kind of the differ the um helping helping him um promote because he ha- he just took this giant thing on all by himself and so he did um, there was a yeah. few of us behind the scenes that gave him a little helping hand but it was 
unbelievable. So yeah, well, I know we need to move on here, but you mentioned Dave Burgess yeah. and that was really my first introduction to Dave's style. I mean, I've never heard him live. And so oh, man. watching him, I was like, I had to pull back from the screen. I'm like, this guy is intense. So, yes. <laughs> but we mentioned Dave Burgess earlier and I think unfortunately the Hive Summit videos are, are, are down now. I think I remember reading that they are yeah, that it's it's just sort of the one time deal. But I'm sure there will be more Hive Summits. And and if if you're a little bit lost and you're not sure what we're talking about here, Michael Matera has a YouTube channel and he pulled together. What was it about a dozen sort of education rock stars and just a phenomenal series of videos? Yeah. Yeah, it was quite a lineup um, of just all different kinds of educators, but you know, you had, um, Oh, Sarah Thomas and you had Dave Burgess and then of course, Michael Matera and then, um, Joe Sanfilippo, the tech rabbi, Michael Cohen. Um, yeah, there was just some pretty amazing people on there. And so it was fun to listen to and they were available for like 14 days and then they were gone, but I'm sure there will be another Hive Summit or some more professional development um, offered through the Hive. So if you are not following that particular group on Twitter, um, I would also recommend at Hive Summit so you can stay up to date on all that free PD because anytime you can get that kind of rock star professional development for free, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another another great one was Rick Wormley, who I have heard live. Oh, yeah. So many, so many great gems from him, too. So fair isn't equal. Um, it, he's got some great stuff, too. So Yes. Well, Kim, we've got two more questions. They're both related to video. So is there a YouTube channel that you're subscribing to. Now, I'm kind of a YouTube evangelist as well because a lot of teachers are still not subscribing to channels. They're just sort of, you know, surfing around YouTube, typing in what they need to find. But is there a channel that they should subscribe to to start to build a good a good package of subscriptions? Well, I just know at my school, even just um, recently over the summer, a lot of teachers have watched um, Michael Matera's YouTube channel. I think it's just Mr. Matera is how you find it, but he has a lot of Lego things and Play-Doh lessons and uh, well, obviously the gamified stuff. So just quick little challenges that maybe aren't having an, or it doesn't mean you're having an entire gamified class, but you know, things you can do for reviews and stuff like that. So a lot of um, teachers at our middle school, just because middle school kids eat that stuff up and um, that's his level too. And so that's one I've definitely followed. And then Actually, just this morning on my commute, I watched Stephanie Crawford. Um, she would be a newer YouTuber, I would say. Okay. But she had a cool um, activity you could do in your classroom, too. So I love the ones that aren't just philosophical, again, kind of like the books, but where I'm getting something I could use that day in my classroom. So. Love it. And then, Kim, I don't know what we're going to hear on this last question because it sort of moves away from education a little bit. And I feel like you probably don't have a lot of time to sit on the couch. But if you are at the end of your day and you have no energy left for, for any master's studies or lesson prep, what are you watching on Netflix these days? Oh, my goodness. You are you're right on. Like I just this is what I do is I read and I you know connect and I listen and I don't do a lot of um, TV. I do have Netflix. I would say the last thing okay. I like binge watched was um, Fuller House or something pretty lame oh, like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> throwback. Throwback. Yeah. yeah. 
So I need to up my game as far as staying up with pop culture on Netflix for sure. Yeah. Okay. Weakness. Well, we'll put need we'll put need in quotes. I'm not sure if that's something you need to worry too Needs much about. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. We won't give it a grade. We'll just, just some feedback. <laughs> Needs improvement. Well, Kim, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your insights. What are the best ways for the listeners to follow you online? I would say the best way is just my Twitter um, at Kim Snodgrass. And um, I'm going to be working on getting some sort of blog out there. But for now, I would Yay. say that is my go-to. Um, okay. I do have a classroom website, um, kimsnodgrass.weebly.com, where I post some things. But I would say the majority you're going to find on Twitter. I try to use that kind of as my my idea-sharing space at the moment. But Well, Kim, thank you so much again. This has been fantastic and love what you're putting out there. Don't know how you're finding time to do it all but i guess not watching netflix is a part of that solution so yeah little a little bit of a, a learning <laughs> cue for for me i guess but hey kim just want to wish you the best all the best as you uh, go through the school year and yeah good luck on that uh, on that third master's degree awesome thank you this has been so fun so look forward to chatting with you again sounds good okay take care kim bye-bye Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Teachers on Fire, where teachers come to share, learn, and be inspired. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Teachers on Fire. I'm your host, Tim Cavey, saying goodbye for now, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Teachers on Fire podcast.